ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. We are so thrilled to welcome Sean Smith, creator, writer, and producer of Greek to the podcast. He has written for and produced so many iconic shows, including Everwood, Supernatural, Chasing Life, and he is currently the showrunner for Virgin River on Netflix. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're so excited to chat about Greek with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm psyched to be here. Let's do this. <laughs> I feel so, like we should add some hot wings into it. So I've been watching <laughs> hot ones, and I just feel like I should add another layer of difficulty to it. But yeah. we'll just keep it a, a straight interview this time. The next <laughs> one will yeah, we'll, we'll include hot sauce. If this was Cappy's podcast, there would definitely be some some hot wings involved. <laughs> and alcohol of some kind, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Beer to wash it down. <laughs> First, I'm flattered um, and just excited to be here. And um, I know you talked to Dilshad and you talked to Michael Lang and they both had really incredible experiences. So I'm just like, don't screw it up, Sean. <laughs> so, so I will no. do the best that I can. Um, uh, but but again, thank you for for being such fans of the show and enjoying it and wanting to take time out of your lives to talk about it because it's it's something that is still near and dear to my heart after all these years. And coincidentally, uh, just recently, I like reconnected with the casting director Allison Silverberg and our line producer Nellie Nugel, and just kind of like. We've all, you know, for the most part, stayed in each other's lives. And it just, it, it became this sort of like odd vortex of all things Greek coming back into my life in the past couple of weeks. So um, it makes me happy. It makes me smile. So thank you. Yeah, so fun. And it's always so great to hear like people had, like from everyone we've talked to, just such positive experiences with the show. So it's so nice to hear that because obviously we get so much joy from talking about it. But for other people that were involved too, too, it's just really nice to know. I still pay them, but it's nice that they don't <laughs> tell you that they're still on the payroll to say nice things about a show that they worked on a million years ago. Um, no, it's cool. I, it's it, it's another point of pride for me. It's just like it's you know to, I enjoyed doing it so much, but like with the people that I got to do it with, that was that was just the icing of of the writing experience for me. And and I feel in many ways I got lucky with that. And even while I was in it, with it being my first show, I, I would take a couple of few moments and I'd just be like, I don't think it's ever going to get better than this. Mm. And um, it's, it's, it's held true. Not to say I've had bad experiences, but it's just, it was such, such, such a great time. So much fun. And just even like, I specifically remember when we were in the process, I was like, guys, we're writing a show about fraternities and sororities. If we're not having fun, doing this show, then we're doing something wrong because we should be having a blast. And and that held true for a lot of folks, which was cool. That's awesome. Um, so our first question is just like, how did you come up with the idea of Greek? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, fraternity and sorority kind of shows out there, but this one is a very unique kind of idea. I think it, I mean, it really all started with my college experience. I went to UT Austin. And before that, I grew up in a very small town in Texas, like north of uh, Fort Worth. And for me, like going to Austin was just like the big city and it was so overwhelming and exciting and fun. And um, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I, I had Rusty's enthusiasm, but also his um, hesitation and just kind of like, where do I fit into this world that, um, that seems overwhelming to me? 
And um, I had a lot of friends who were in the Greek system. And I uh, worked with some folks at this, uh, uh, I worked in the admissions office and a lot of the people that worked there were already in the Greek system. And they were like, oh, you should rush. And I mean, I was in the closet at the time and the idea of living in a house with a bunch of guys was like awesome, but also terrifying. So I just, I, I never did it, but I had a lot of friends who were in it and didn't really realize until kind of like after college and in my twenties got to hear some of the stories. And I was just like, these are ridiculous stories that you have. And they had it and they also like enjoyed it so much. So I feel like in order to do it, it was helpful that I was an outsider to the Greek system and in a way like Rusty, I more revered it as something that looked fun and exciting as opposed to what it had always been portrayed as, for the most part, in entertainment as, you know, kind of the cliche, kind of, you know, it's always, you know, uh, you know, the, the ridiculous sorority girls and, you know, the dumb fraternity guys. And, and I could lean into that, but I wanted to just add more layers to who these characters were know what they wanted what their ambitions were and it wasn't just all about parties but they did like to party but they also had a lot of other elements to the to themselves that 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 took them past kind of the stereotype and just like the greek trope so i was it was after uh i I'd, I'd been a writer's assistant on everwood um i wrote the supernatural and then i was staffed on a show called summerland and that show was canceled and that was the time that i was waiting to staff again and just realized like I have to write something in the meantime. And I decided to write a sample script. Um, and it was at a time where there was a lot more comedy that was finding its way into the one hour, which was exciting to me because for my voice, I, I never wanted to write a sitcom, but, um, but I like to have, you know, just uh, like have jokes in it. And especially something that felt kind of like a throwback to the eighties. So it was really just like, it wasn't an assignment. It was just like, write what I would love to see on television that wasn't on TV at the time. So um, that's how it came to be. I have an older sister, so I wanted to write kind of the central relationship being about a brother and a sister. And then it of course plays on like the sibling nature of, of um, you know, in, in, in the Greek system, uh, fraternity brothers, forty sisters and all that. So that felt like that was playing on a level, but it took me a long time to kind of crack it because I felt, you know, especially as a TV writer who you want to get the audience's attention. It's like, is there a dead body at the beginning? Is there a mystery? Is there, you know, how do I make this, you know, how do I hook the audience? And, and I was really proud that I was able to do it a lot just through the relationships and kind of like the lens in which they were seeing this world was a way that they hadn't seen it before. Um, so uh, Almost Famous was one of my favorite movies. You know, it is it is one of my favorite movies of all time. And at that time, it was very, um, uh, a, a, a big, imp it, it had made a big impression on me and looking at the protagonist of that as this kid who wanted to be in that world with the rock stars, but also was kind of scared of it, informed a lot of Rusty going into that world and like, you know, loving it, but then also kind of seeing the darker side of it and um, and all that went with it. So, so I wrote the pilot um, and it took me a long time to crack it, but then, and I think I've told the story before, but it's like, it's true and it's part of it so I wrote it and I, I gave it to my agents and I was like you know I think it's it's I think it's HBO um because you know there are kids in here and and they're having sex and there's no consequences and they're drinking alcohol and it's underage and there are no consequences because they've been conditioned by you know the WB at the time where it's like mm -hmm. you can't do anything reckless and I'm like this thing's on it's out of control I have like <laughs> inappropriate jokes um, of the sexual nature. I have kids hooking up. Like I thought I was doing euphoria. 
and they read it and they were like um maybe abc family uh maybe the cw or if, if it was the wb at the time i can't remember but um i was like okay fine so um but i was really excited about what abc family was doing at the time because i was starting to see the wb growing past what it was in its heyday which was like a great source of quality ya storytelling and then mm -hmm. it tried to kind of like expand itself and there was like a i think a don johnson show at one point on the i'm just it's like you've lost your way it was sad um but i saw what abc family was doing and they picked it up um they were kind of picking up the baton from the wb and then keeping it going so um they bought it um as a script and then uh i waited and worked you know for a while and i was just glad that somebody bought a script i was just you know that was I'm, i was like i'm done and then uh, they said they wanted to shoot it. And I think that was like 2006. Um, and we shot it December of 2006. Um, and yeah, and that was, and that was just easy. I make it sound so easy. Like when I tell people like it's really hard and stressful, <laughs> um, but, but that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. It's crazy to think of like Greek possibly having some kind of white lotus like beginning of like a dead body turning up on yeah. the series campus. I can yeah. see it, honestly. I, Evan's, it's, <laughs> Evan's yeah. dark side. I feel like if I did it, I it, it would be more just like you would think it's a dead body on campus and then somebody would step over it and then the dead body would get up and you'd realize that they were just passed out from a party the <laughs> night before or something like that. And there's like yeah. a, a crime scene, like chalk outline and it was a crime theme party or something like that. I think that's as far as I could go with it before I would just start to like check out. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I feel like the show does a really good job of like, I don't know, you you guys have serious moments, but it's it's always light. Like it always ends, you know, in that very much an 80s movie kind of like wrap up, which we totally notice. We talk about that all the time. So that yeah. translates. I'm so like selfishly glad that it was on ABC Family because at the time I definitely wasn't watching HBO and like the promo on ABC Family would get me so hyped up about it the plain white tees like I remember I feel like everybody remembers so specifically like Greek specific promo <laughs> um so I don't know that I would have ever found it so I'm so glad that that wasn't the case well that's I I you know it's I always thought like if I was to ever like create something or be responsible for something I'd always want it to have kind of more like a cult following like it's I think when something blows up then it takes over what you're doing and it informs it more than just letting it be this pure thing that it is and that's what I felt like our show was that we got to kind of we were doing this show that we were excited about the cast you know obviously became very popular and um were being recognized and everything but like you look at the effect of some of you know like at Gossip Girl came out a little bit after us and and I think, you know, it's just, I think they ended up having a different experience just because of the exposure. And we got to, we were at CBS Radford, which is like this small lot in Studio City. And um, it was very, like a very insular experience. And, you know, we were sort of a scrappy production because most of what ABC Family had shot previously and a lot of the shows for the budget that our show was would shoot in Vancouver or would shoot, you know, somewhere else. And the fact that we got to shoot in LA, um, you know, I attribute that 
to the access to a lot of the actors, especially in the guest cast that we were ultimately able to bring onto the show. I'd like to think they wanted to do the show as well, but it was also, you know, by ABC Family's design to try to tap into the younger um, uh, talent pool of LA, as opposed to if you're stuck in Vancouver, then you're hiring local talent there. Or, you know, if you're in North Carolina or whatever, you can't always afford to, to, fly um as you know whatever talent out to you as you want so um so yeah so we were just like this little show kind of like we were in the basement of, of like one of the sound stages at radford so we didn't even actually have our own sound stage we were just like underneath the sound stage and what i was maybe like a parking lot or something and you know we I, I think it was, you know, it was taxing for people in it just because you'd come, <laughs> I remember they would come out and just like, I'd see them standing outside and they're like, I just need the sun. It's just, I need, to, I'm in a <laughs> hole and I just need to like get out of the hole for a little bit. Um, and we use like, they had this like suburban street at Radford that like one of the houses was the My Three Sons house that, you know, we, um, when we would shoot some of the stuff, if we couldn't get to a campus, then we'd throw letters on the My Three Sons house and just shoot it yeah. long lens. So it's sort of like out of focus. And I mean, it felt, and, and even like in the beginning, when we were talking about it and having that 80s feel, we wanted to have kind of like an indie vibe. We weren't looking to be glossy. We weren't looking to be Gossip Girl. We weren't looking to be a movie. We wanted to be cinematic, but more in kind of like an indie way that I think yeah. also makes the show easier to digest easier to come to it's like you know it, it, it like what is this show going to do you don't know what it's going to do I also think it like makes the show hold up you know it's not shot with like some kind of crazy like you said like like something very of the time it doesn't distinguish itself in that way like obviously you can tell it's of the 2000s once you start watching it you see their phones and stuff but <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it's crazy but like it it I think because it's not shot like some of that other stuff that doesn't date it as much it well it feels more just like universal like yeah. I don't know if that made any sense <laughs> yeah no it did it because it, it does because it's I mean that was the other element to it when I wrote it initially I it, I you know having come from Texas I put it in the south so it was originally supposed to be Athens Georgia um which you know has its own greek system but like athens and whatever but um but as as i worked with abc family about it they were just like you know it it, it begs the question of like how southern is it are you gonna have accents is it how much will the the geography dictate kind of the look of the show and 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 how will that inform the show and i eventually just kind of settled on ohio but i wanted it to be a state school which was important to me because like coming from a state school and only getting to see like Felicity and, you know, it's always like these Ivy league type, you know, yeah. um, East coast campuses, which was not my experience. And I was like, I wanted to have something that felt more akin to my experience, not just because, I mean, because it was mine, but it also, I hadn't seen it before. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so that, so that kind of took us to um, Ohio, which, you know, I think also kept it, you know, it, it, we didn't want it to be in LA or New York either, because then it, it, then it's like, why are they only going to these parties? Why are they not going into the city? Like this was all that they really had. Mm -hmm. So I think that that helped it a lot too. let it be, it's, you know, kind of exist in this little microcosm as opposed to having to be influenced by all the things of the time. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's so many amazing guest stars on the show. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm sure being in LA, there was just so much access to people who wanted to be a part of the show. And I feel like that adds so much to the show. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the the, the biggest one was Lauren Conrad from Laguna Beach. Oh just, yes. That was, I, that was one where, you know, you're, you're looking for opportunities and you know this was a time where it wasn't about a binge you're wanting somebody to you know watch your show and then come back a week later and watch it again and um you know we had some cliffhangers but i wouldn't say it was a big cliffhanger kind of show week to week but i'd i'd heard or read that she was that she watched the show and lost my mind and then i was like can we get her on the show and that's how we came up with it so i think it would have been harder for her to show up for like three lines um in a dream sequence uh <laughs> to ship her off to Vancouver you know then just to be like hi we're in the valley can you just come to the valley yeah. um but in and, and everybody else and it was kind of you know I think a lot of people were excited about the material just for the comedy side of things like you get to see um Michael Reedy uh you know had always played more dramatic roles um, I think all the actors at that age were not really getting to play much comedy. It was all very straightforward teen, you know, young adult soap stuff. So uh, I think that a lot of people got excited about playing, you know, getting to play it that way as well. Yeah. And I know you said that you weren't in Greek life. And then kind of after college, you had heard stories from friends that kind of like sparked this interest. Was there anything in particular about Greek life or a specific story that really pushed you to write about it? Or was it just kind of like the overall mentality of like the the community on college campuses? I think it, I mean, it's, there was one story that a friend of mine told me um where like at his fraternity there was this guy who would get drunk and this was in texas and this was a long time ago um it's it, by today's standards it would be considered wildly inappropriate and that's kind of what i liked about it at the time too but he would get drunk and run around the party with like a shotgun and they were like oh it's naked shotgun guy <laughs> exactly so um so you hear a story like that and then you're kind of reminded of like you know, the reckless nature of youth, you think back to all the times when you probably should have died, but you didn't. <laughs> and now I'm a parent, I have a nine-year-old and there's so many things that I look back and think like, I would never let him do that, but I did it and I survived it. So I think it's just, it's, you know, it, it it's kind of the, the spirit of that fun and like reckless way that that I think was interesting to me and to not you know not to set up stories where you see people being irresponsible but you see them not overly concerned about the consequences of their actions which is what you do when you're young right not being faced by it like I'm thinking of a scene now where it's not even like the main part of the episode but Cappy literally falls off the roof into a bounce castle and like that is so just like oh okay a day in the life Exactly, exactly. Um, if my son wanted to do that, I would throw myself in front of him <laughs> and like freak out. But um, but yeah, it was just that that you know the tone of the show allowed for those moments, and you know so much. You know, unfortunately, a lot of what you see and hear in the Greek system today is so dark and so negative, and that's another aspect of it. But it was just not part of it that I, I wanted it to feel fun. You know. With, with Cappy's character, I think I described him in the casting as as like 
half Ferris Bueller, half Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Bugs Bunny really is tracking. <laughs> That's so funny. So if you had to make Greek work with like a new cast in 2023, what do you think the show would look like? And what would you keep? What would you change? Just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Like I've considered this and I've explored the opportunity and you know so much of the show is still wrapped up in free form and they control a lot of it um but i've thought about what a contemporary uh greek would look like and i think a lot of it would have to kind of lean into the erosion of the greek system i think it'd have to be timely i think it'd have to kind of like acknowledge you know how uh, it's 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 a privileged world it's it's still very gendered um you know i'm proud of how progressive our show is like i don't think so many shows right now are just sort of rebooting with the idea of like we had an all-white cast and this time it's not going to be and i'm proud of the fact that like we can't do that because we had such an inclusive cast already of, of incredible actors and I think that, you know, um, I, I think it would just have to be a, like a new way to look, a contemporary way to look at the Greek system, but still to find the positive in it and how it can still bring people together, how it can still be a fun world. But it's, you know, I feel like it's currently a world that's been sort of just contaminated by too much just toxicity and everything. So I think that, unfortunately, I think it would have to be a part of that. Otherwise, it, I I don't think it would feel relevant at all. Um, so I think it would be, you know, a bunch of kids trying to take the system and make it better um, than it is today. Yeah. I feel like it would be harder to make it as like light and bright and, and carefree and enjoy it in the way that we're able to enjoy it with the lens of it being, you know, originating in 2007. I feel like it was really the perfect time to be able to make it in that mode. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think it's, um, yeah, that's why I don't think, I'm not really pushing to have it done today because I'm not sure. I think there is a version, but I don't know if it would be a better version than the original. And then it, that begs the question why I do it. Yeah. And you guys dealt with like a lot of pretty topical storylines, I feel like. You handled a lot of things with care at the time. Was there anything that you wish you could have tackled on the show like at the time that, either you like just didn't get the chance to or you couldn't because of like it being an ABC family show like was there anything that you wished you had been able to kind of get at I don't think so I mean I think that they were so supportive especially just you know with Calvin's character and and looking at you know trying to be as forward-thinking uh in storytelling in the LGBTQ community I'm I'm proud of how we handled that um I had seen so much representation of gay characters struggle you know only seeing their struggle and not seeing their empowerment and that's what I was excited about with Calvin but but you know what like I said when I was thinking I was writing Euphoria and I gave it to ABC Family they really didn't edit much out of it I would say the only difference I, the only difference was we changed the location and the last scene of the pilot was mm -hmm. different, but they didn't touch really a single word um, in it. So I, I, you know, it's, I was glad that we got to, to be provocative and, you know, look at issues of the time, which, you, you know, back then it's so important, especially with broadcast that, 
you're able to write two timely issues like mm-hmm. when you're streaming especially like with virgin river right now i'm working on a season that's not going to come out until like probably late next year so uh there are a couple times where i'm just like i hope this exists in the future because we're writing about this thing but i don't know if it's gonna if it will exist in the future we'll see um but with greek you know we were you know writing so quickly and shooting and then they were putting them on the air so we could write about you know political issues and i think that that was i think it it would have been fun especially during the trump era to you know see what sorority or fraternity that he would have represented in our own sort of like satirical way you know um franny was always kind of our bush character and um, (laughs) the decider i decide so there was always fun in that i you know I, i i miss that i would probably like would have enjoyed leaning into that a little bit more but the you know the political climate at the time was just not you know mm-hmm. it, it it was before a lot of where it is today so I'm, I'm proud of the issues that we that we got into and um i'm not sure i can think of anything that that i missed out on or anything that i tried to push and the network said no to mm-hmm. and we've as we've been watching it you know I had watched it when it first came out back in 2007. I was in middle school and high school at the time. So I reapproaching it now have been kind of like nervous coming up on certain plot lines and not really remembering being like, how is this going to be handled? But we've been so surprised at how well it holds up and how progressive it was. And especially thinking about um, Calvin coming out to Rusty. And like you said, it a lot of shows at the time, it just shows like deep, dark struggles of the LGBT community. But the way that Rusty accepts him and and approaches that conversation, it's so it was so unexpected and so refreshing. Um, and we certainly have our issues with some of the things Rusty does <laughs> throughout the show. But <laughs> that is one of like the shining moments, I feel like. And we all were like, wow, I did not know what to expect during that scene and it really was progressive even like like that scene would happen I think on tv today so yeah yeah, I've been very surprised by a lot of it that gave me goosebumps to hear thank you that feels really really incredible I'm that makes me even more proud so I'm I'm happy I mean I remember when we had you know we a bit for the joke but a bit for also what it was saying when Heath comes out to the guys over the pool table and they're just like, oh, we thought you were going to say you hooked up with Beaver's sister or something like, like yeah. it, that. It was whatever it was. It was just kind of like it, 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 it was it's such a non-issue that it was that it was fun to to show that that side of it, too. So thank you. Yeah. And I think that's something that shows like still now struggle with like finding the balance of of not making that. Like I think another show that you can see now that d- did it pretty well was like Sex Lies of College Girls. They have like a character kind of similar to Cal, like has the same, I guess, apprehensions of coming out as Calvin did. She was like, I don't want this to be the thing that is all people think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like, even then, like there are things that like, like Greek did really well in that setting that I think those kind of young adult shows still struggle to do, to not make it the character's thing. Like it's just a part of that character. I mean, Greek had such well-rounded characters. We talk about that every time and with every guest we have. Like, your characters really, they had so many different layers to them and you were able to see that throughout the whole show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it was, it was. I mean, it's. I, I remember specifically, I mean, I was in my 30s at the time and, you know, the cast was in their early 20s and we were 
going to do the Calvin coming out story. And I, I reached out to, I think probably like my niece or somebody and was just like, so what is coming out like? Because I remember it was, it was challenging for me. Um, and I knew that story and I'd seen that story. So I was like, well, what's it like today? And she was just like, eh, like, <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's like, you can say that, but like, it's hard. Like it's like, there's judgment and people are, are really terrible about it. Right. And she was just like, hmm. Not really. I mean, this is like the millennial. She was, um, you know, kind of of the millennial generation. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, I have no conflict in him coming out now. Like, what do I do? And then but I wrote to that, which was refreshing because I do think you want to write, you know, as a writer, you're trying to find like what's dramatic, what's interesting, what's compelling. And it was like the lack of drama is what made it interesting, mm -hmm. not forcing yeah. the drama to which felt familiar so um so i we did have to pivot on that story um and i do remember a lot of rework on it to get it there because of what i learned of you know and it, I, I was like <laughs> i was so conflicted because i was like oh my gosh this is so much more work and then like also oh my gosh that's amazing that <laughs> for a generation it's not this big after school special situation <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was you know reflected definitely in those episodes where he was coming out and and we were we were figuring it out as well. So yeah, it was ahead of its time because you think about it. That was like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and the way it was handled because the two thousand tens were such a big time where you saw a lot of change happen. But it's cool to see that that sort of like got the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, oh, thanks. Yeah. No, it was cool. It was. I mean, it's just basically we're awesome is the takeaway. Um, <laughs> exactly. We love Greek. <laughs> well, and I'd say too, for, you know, to, to credit Paul James for, for um, coming into that role and, and, and doing what he did with it. Um, I'm so proud of him and to see, you know, he's still crushing it, but he, you know, always took that character, you know, very seriously wanted to make sure that he was representing the experience well. And, and I thought he did, did it, you know, perfectly. So. Thank you, Paul. Do you have a favorite storyline from the whole series? All of them that I can remember. Um, <laughs> there were very few that I was not excited about that I, you know, it's, I still struggle a little bit with the Rusty Ashley romance kind of in that last season. Jacob, at one point, I don't think you would mind me telling this story, but at one point he came to my office and was just like wanting to have a creative conversation. And he was like, can I just like, be cool in an episode. Can I just have an episode where I'm cool? I'm like, no, because then <laughs> it's like because then you've arced and the show is over. So I was like, you will be cool in the series finale of the show. We will see your evolution. We will see your maturation. We will see you be cool. But no, it can't happen in season two. Can't happen in season three. It'll happen in the very last season, the very last episode. So part of what happened with the Rusty Ashley was just like, they had had so many sweet moments before that had been kind of like, not intentional, but just sort of like my sister's best friend who's amazing and awesome. And wouldn't it be cool? But we didn't, I didn't want to see him pining for, her, you know, mm -hmm. before that, or, you know, kind of that starting to define his character, defining her character. And I wanted Ashley to have her own experiences. So, you know, it did, it, I, I was terrified it was going to be Joey and Rachel. So I think I kind of like looked at all of it. It's just like, please don't be that. And I don't think they played it that way. I thought they played it really beautifully as, as these two sweet, innocent characters kind of finding each other. 
um, at a time in their lives where they're sort of, you know, in each other's orbits. But that was, I think that was the only one that, that I look back and I'm like, oh, if I could have just had another season and I knew it was the last season and that was part of it too. Just giving Rusty a happy ending felt right. And, you know, Ashley felt like, you know, a, a, a good ending for him in that moment. I don't know if their characters would have still ended up together down the road. If, if Rusty and Ashley are married and, you know, living in Ohio suburbs with three kids or anything like that. But I think for, you know, where the story was at the time, it felt appropriate. It's so funny to hear you talk about like that conversation about Rusty's character, like not being able to mature because I think <laughs> we, we do rag on Rusty a bit on the podcast just because he's, I mean, I have a younger brother and like, he really has that energy. Like you just are like, you want to shake him and be like, come on, <laughs> and get it together. I mean, it's, it is an endless source of like laughs for us, but also like to watch it back and be dissecting the show anyway. We're like, oh my God, like the amount of times you dig yourself into your own hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very and validating to hear you say that was intentional. <laughs> it was, it was. And I mean, I think a lot of it was my experience in college. Like it's, it's, you know, I didn't, I think there was a, I can't remember what the show was. I think Tiffany DuPont was on it. It might've been Bedford Diaries. It was like a short-lived WB series that was set in a college and I think there were there might have been a sibling relationship to it but like you know I didn't want him to be I wanted him to be struggling I wanted because that's funny it's just kind of like when we were casting it was we were like we wanted somebody who felt real we didn't want like I I I didn't want an all WB cast where you're only I mean they're all attractive and beautiful and wonderful but I wanted people that felt real. And like, I also remember when I was casting and just looking at them being like, do I want to be this person's best friend? Like yeah. not in a creepy way in my thirties that I'm like, <laughs> can, can I go party with this person? But more just looking at them and just like, is there something that I'm drawn to that makes me want to be friends with this person? Because I think that that translates as well too. And there's just, you know, so I, you know, they all kind of passed that test for me through casting. Yeah, we say that a lot. We're always like, oh, we want to be Casey's friend or Ashley or like, oh, we love this about Rebecca. But that's so interesting to hear you say that with the casting process, especially since from what we've heard, a lot of the actors like this was one of their first jobs or they just started working in TV. Yeah, yeah. I think for Amber, especially, she, I think she had, <laughs> if I remember from her credit, she was like, hot girl in pickup truck in Tokyo drift or something like that. Like it was, she, the, the second, second or third episode, she has the speech to Evan about like, you know, he and Casey are having a fight because she found out about Rebecca and um, she hooked up with Cappy and she's like giving him this whole sort of like, all right, well, this is what you got to do. This is how you got to handle it. And afterwards, she was like, that's the most I've ever said in a scene before in my life. And we were like, well, I hope you get to keep doing it for many more episodes to come. But um, no, Spencer had had worked some. Jacob was pretty new. I mean, they were all uh, Jake had done some movies. Dilshad was pretty new. I mean, they were all, you know, and and that was the exciting part. It was you know, it, we weren't just kind of plugging it with all the people who would who were hot and had done the just coming off this new movie and we're casting them because of their popularity. 
Um, but we cast them because they're incredibly talented and, um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, yeah, I'm proud of that cast very much. Yeah. They're all very endearing, especially hearing Ashley, that being like one of her biggest scenes to date at the time, you would never guess. Like she is so, she lights up the screen in every scene. We were huge Ashley fans here. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I saw her. She, she and I live in the same neighborhood and she was out with Andy and their baby. And I was like driving and I was talking on the phone and they were kind of across the street and I was with going with traffic and my window was up and I was just talking and I was like, and I was trying to wave at her. Like she, there was no way she was going to see me, but I was like, I just feel like I just had an Ashley moment where I was like, And she was just going the other way. And I was like, that's the least effective form of communication you could ever possibly imagine is it's just like waving on a freeway to somebody who is in another town. But I, but I, but I thought I had to do it because I was excited this year. So, but yeah, that's where I think, you know, one of your questions is just sort of like, you know, which character I relate to most. And I think it's, I, I, I do with all, with all of them. Um, You know, it's, they, they're all kind of a part of me. Rusty's the more, I think obvious and well, and Calvin too. Um, but they all, you know, I'm, I can be kind of flighty and flaky like Ashley, and I can have Rebecca thoughts in my head and even Franny thoughts that I know best not to say, and she just <laughs> happens to say them. So um, I think that's what made the show that that gave it such quality. When I'm talking to young writers, I always kind of encourage just like, you know, I've, you hear the thing, write what you know, but just write from as many parts of yourself as possible. And and Greek was an example of of that for me that I kind of could relate to all the characters. None of them I really struggled with. Totally. Yeah, it's such an ensemble driven show. And you mentioned some of your inspiration for Cappy's character, for Franny's character. Just curious to hear about your inspiration when writing these other characters, because they get so much dimension throughout the show. So it's interesting and they feel so real at the same time. Um, You know, they all have their strength. They all have their flaws, but curious to hear about your inspiration for some of the supporting characters or other lead characters. You know, one thing I remember specifically um, was with Jake, because I knew that I didn't want Evan to be just the dick boyfriend because, you know, I I feel like I learned the lesson that the OC hadn't when you know, Misha Barton's character was with Chris Carmack. And I, the whole time I'm just like, I don't like her because she's with him. Like, so I wanted to make sure that Evan wasn't just a jerk. So, and in order, you know, I think everybody's heard the story that we originally took Jake to the network for Cappy um, to test as, oh, you haven't. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To tell. (laughs) <laughs> um so no we had taken um let me make sure i'm getting this right i don't know if i'm gonna get 100 percent right i do remember that we took jake to the network for cappy but then i think scott might have read for calvin and then when they saw him they were just like well there's your cappy and we were like oh yeah we see that but then it, but I still wanted Jake to be a part of the show. I was excited about him and his talent. And, and that's when we talked to him about possibly taking the role of Evan and, but he too didn't want to be the Dick boyfriend. So I would say a lot of like, it, it, I think we both came at it with the same intent. And I would say with all the actors, I think they all wanted to feel three-dimensional and all had that expectation. So I think, you know, when you're, 
you know, when you're collaborating with actors and especially, you know, over the long haul, um, you know, we had like the one storyline with Rebecca um, where she starts dating a girl who Cappy used to date and we never wanted it to feel, you know, it, it was always kind of like from the trope of just like, you know, oh, they experimented in college. I was like, we got to see somebody experiment in college. And Rebecca felt like a fun character to do that with. Um, but we never wanted that to feel just gratuitous or, you know, and, and Dilshad didn't want to feel that way about it either. So I think we all kind of pushed ourselves to, to, to find that, you know, with, with all of them and it became challenging, especially just as the, as the, as the cast kept getting bigger and our secondary characters were kind of elevated and we got to do the Beaver episode so we could finally understand what Beaver's story was and where he came <laughs> from. Um, so I think that was just kind of always our ambition. Yeah. And I, it's so fun to see, you know, some of the characters that aren't, you know, the, the stars of the show get their arcs too. Like we just had, um, we just did the Heath legacy where he wanted to, the float legacy. Um, so it's cool to be able to see them kind of blossom and, and have dynamics as well. And, and not just like the main cast. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it's, and it's, it's funny. And I think you see it in their, in their talent and you start to get excited to write to them. And I think that was kind of the case with a lot of, you know, our, uh, our supporting actors outside of the series regulars, you would just see Aaron was so incredible as, as Beaver. I never thought that, it, you know, Beaver was just kind of like a one-off joke type character. And I think they all, you know, they all kind of like earned it but not to say we were waiting for them to earn it because them earning it is what inspired us to to want to write to them more and bringing in Heath's sister, Heather. Um, <laughs> it was just so much of that was fun. Just like it's, you know, I think back of working with the cast, but it was also just like, you know, being in the writer's room with the writers and it like at one point I remember uh, Roger Grant um, started out kind of uh, as a baby writer on the show and and worked his way up over the seasons. But I, uh, you know, and I, I never, I'll never forget him just saying at one point, he's like, guys, this is our job. We get to do this. <laughs> and we were just all had that feeling. We were all so excited. And we have this annual cook, we call it cookie party um, where um, some of the writers get together and just check in with each other. And it's just, it's, it, you know, and, you know, it, it's like we all went to college together. Like it's a more exciting college reunion than I think my own college reunion would be, which would just be <laughs> awkward and weird. So it's, it's really fun <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> yeah, we also, we talk about that all the time, like with specific jokes that just stand out and we're like, I would have loved being in that writer's room, like seeing yeah. <laughs> them workshop that. Like, again, it's top of mind because we just did the float episode. But when we find out and he's saying, you know, I'm the only one who doesn't have a nickname. And then Rusty says, well, what about Wade? And he says that he couldn't swim freshman year. <laughs> so funny. Like, that was one of my favorite jokes. And then the next sentence Wait, he was like, well, what's his real name? And he's like, wait. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like, it, it just, oh, man, to be a fly on the wall, we really have been wanting that. <laughs> oh, I think 
I think of too the Jen K when she orders a light beer on draft. Oh, oh Jordan. Sorry, Jordan. 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 <laughs> her light beer on draft. And the the brown sheets when we're supposed to not like Jordan at the beginning. Oh, and Casey walks into her dorm and she has brown sheets, like of all sheets <laughs> that she could have. It's the it is the perfect color to give this one. <laughs> um so, so is there like one specific character whose like story arc that like you were the most proud of who's like growth throughout the show you kind of think of and are like wow I'm just so glad we got to explore that I think Casey um she was somebody when the show first premiered there was a you know there were some critics who uh felt like we were we were being anti-feminist in because well I think because they didn't know where the character was going they saw Casey in the pilot she's you know she's you know, a social climber, she's ambitious, but in a sorority, which she should be ambitious in other areas. And I think I was coming off an era of Rory Gilmore's and just like precocious young women who, you know, their their flaws were not really that flawed. Um, That's Rusty. Rusty's the and, Rory Gilmore. Of. <laughs> he is. And, 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 but, I, but I hadn't seen that in a male character. So I was excited to kind of like let him be that, but let Casey be who she was and really see her mature over the 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 series in a way that you know she can she can be confident in herself and still have a really good relationship with her younger brother it doesn't reflect on her she doesn't care what people think that she you know that that she has that confidence to stand on her own and not defer to uh you know uh, her her sorority president to make her get back with a boy who cheated on her and Mm -hmm. I just think you know I was really proud of that um because that was a story that I set out to tell and in the beginning I don't think people knew that but I that's what I was excited to see I was excited to see you know and it's, it's a little Buffy in that you kind of take this female character that looks you know kind of like vapid um but finding that strength that she's able to find her strength in her in herself as opposed to somebody you know, me putting it on her as a creator where she already has it. So I like that. I, I'm really proud of that journey for her. Yeah. I think too, like, I mean, Aaron and I were both in Greek life and like, you know, having a position in that, like in that organ kind of organization, like it is a lot of responsibility. And I feel like the show always took that really seriously with all the characters, like whether it was Evan being present or even Cappy, like you are forced to make decisions for your peers. And I think like there's a lot, you're kind of in charge of like a small business, whether or not other people see that. And it is a lot. And I not feel like kind of. you are always yeah. gave Casey that respect, like of, especially when she started to realize that too, like how much responsibility it really was. So I always thought that was really cool. Like never, I think it would have been easy for the show to discount that as something that was like stupid or vapid. And it really never did. It showed if anything, like, that this was like kind of part of her character, very responsible, very like, you know, like a go-getter. Well, I'm politi- politically minded. I like that it, mm-hmm. you know, it it was a way to show women in politics. Um, and that's what I always kind of imagined, you know, when we did the uh, reunion, the, the reunion movie, that was re- a very big part of the storyline was, you know, <laughs> was, was, was Casey in politics and what it was like, especially at that time and you know 
entering the Me Too era and where women were in the political landscape landscape of our country, um, she she always felt like that character for me. Like when I was coming up with when I was writing the pilot, I remember that Franny Casey moment in the very beginning after they have the group thing and she's telling her about you know Casey has a shot to possibly be president someday. It was West Wing in my mind. Like it was yeah. one of those West Wing power walk and talks where I was like, I want a huge set. We just walk them all the way down the set. And we don't, we couldn't afford a huge set. So it was more just like up the stairs, but, but it was with that importance because it's, you know, and a friend of mine who's a writer said that he learned from the show, which he's a very successful writer, which I was like, the fact that you've learned anything from me is ridiculous. But but his takeaway was like, if it's important to the character, it's important to the audience. And for Casey, like you automatically care about her and what she wants because she cares about it so much. Um, and I think that that helped a lot. And I think just, you know, for the authenticity of the Greek world, that was hard for us in the beginning too, because you know, and I I I love the one sheet, the original one sheet of the the red cup and all the kids in the yes. red cup together. And but when you know, it's specifically, I think it was USC and maybe UCLA. I think they both would not allow us to shoot there because they thought the show was going to be a takedown of the Greek system. And then once it finally came out and they saw what we were doing then we were allowed to start shooting on those campuses. But for me, it was like a lot of our writers had been in the Greek system. So they had their personal experience to contribute to it. And we did our homework. Uh, our our uh, Two of our executives, um, Brooke Bowman and uh, Marcy Cooperstein, uh, who were at ABC Family at the time, had both been in sororities. Um, I think one at Duke and one at UCLA. So, so they came at it, you know, with that same sort of like, I'm of this world and I want it to feel right. And I was like, I want, you know, in the same way, like if you're on a medical show, you want yeah. doctors to watch it and not roll their eyes. I was like, I want people in the Greek system to watch the show and not roll their eyes because it, it would be too easy. It, it would just feel like a hack job. So, um, so that was important to us. Yeah, I think that definitely comes through. I mean, as like someone who was in it, even with some of the crazier storylines, we're like, yeah, this kind of like this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some of them, yeah, for some of our writers, a lot of those storylines did happen to them. So it's, you know, it, it was it was taken from their lives and their experience, which was so fun to do. Did you have a favorite character to write for, or maybe a character who you found it a little bit more difficult to write for or had some um like obstacles with? I think, I mean, it's Rebecca and Franny were always just so fun. Um <laughs> Just Rebecca so many so times, <laughs> so Rebecca, especially because I mean, Franny's just always, you know, she was, you, there had, there, you know, there had to be a spectrum. There was like, you know, Franny, Rebecca, Casey, Ashley, and then finding everybody in between. Um, yeah. But the snark of, of Rebecca and sometimes Casey too was just always so fun because like I said, it was always just things that pop in your head that, you know, I, I loved one of my things that I still look back on and, and chuckle. I, there's a lot that I do, but the, when, when Casey explains to Rebecca that she slept with her boyfriend and she's like, I'm so sorry for you. Um, yes. Not like, and they're like, I'm not apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't know yeah. he was your boyfriend and that she wouldn't, she wouldn't apologize for it. I just, I love that. It's just, it's, you know, there was so much that was interesting in that where I think a couple of times people were like, well, she needs to be, I'm like, she didn't do anything wrong. Like she doesn't yeah. have to apologize for anything. And she, this is the character who doesn't apologize for things. Yeah. Um, 
so so it was it, it was it was moments like that and just you know like a lot of those you know like you guys were talking about earlier just some of like the the inappropriate jokes that we could slip in the subtle things you know without being too well you've watched the show but like there was an evan's taint joke where casey was just like you know i did I don't want uh, Evan to taint my presidential experience or something. And they were like, don't worry about Evan's taint. And we thought <laughs> we would, we, we, we thought for sure, like the network would ding us on that. And even the float one, I had to like yes. draw pictures. We had to like get into visuals to get, and at the end of it are, you know, because it's uh, so many streamers don't have standards and practices now. They just, you know, they're wild west and could do what they want, but this yeah. was ABC family and we still had standards and practices. And I would just remember at the end of it, the woman was just like, you know, I just feel like working with you has just been like working with my little younger brother who, you know, is constantly trying to pull things over on me but then like <laughs> but that we were still you know i'd call her from like come on this is funny let us it, yeah. it was never like antagonistic it was just like please mom can we can we do this <laughs> silly inappropriate float joke where this happens and we got to do it so it was fun i also feel like it made it funnier that you guys kind of had to work around the network stuff like you know yeah. get getting creative with the insults instead of just being able to like say like a swear word or whatever it was like the more complex way to get the joke out and it was ultimately better i think yeah. like little I, easter eggs. well and i tried yeah for sure and i tried at one point to because uh uh did you guys watch Battlestar galactica at all by any chance the no it was like it, uh, um it, it was a reboot of an older series and now it's an old series but they they basically like took this word i think it was frack like mm. uh to be the f word so then but it was like in the future at a different time so it's like they got to use the f word and i wanted to do that on our show and i think it was just like i think it was just and this was before like wtf or what it was just like i think it was f it was just like what the f and i just wanted to do that and that that they would not allow that was the one thing oh, that i couldn't get through of just like can we abbreviate can we kind of like create our own sort of version yeah. of the word so it doesn't feel so sanitized where you know how kids would really be talking um and that was the one that i couldn't i could i could get a, a, an oral sex um ejaculation <laughs> joke yeah. with floats but I couldn't hint at the f word yeah yeah well we do I do remember the episode with like when we the one time I think we really noticed it was when Rusty is like like with this one girl I think it's Tina and he's calling her his fun buddy and we were like fun buddy yeah yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah we had to say that yeah <laughs> that was our only way around that yeah no, it worked out. <laughs> yeah and I think I think Clark there were a couple a couple that maybe even Clark came up with I can't remember but I'm, I'm just vaguely recalling a few where the actors were just like can we really do like they do with the table read and they were all dying laughing and all the adults in the room were like what are they laughing about and we're like they're not getting the joke we're getting away with it it's so awesome <laughs> um but there was like our own little KT spirit of you know trying to trying to 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 get the funny around whatever system we had to it's so good we were just talking about that on the last time we recorded with um Heath and Calvin like why weren't you two compatible well he's the pitcher and I'm the catcher and I just didn't understand anything about baseball <laughs> <laughs> and we we all like when we were talking about that one part we all just like paused and we're like I think that's what they were saying <laughs> yep yep yeah oh, that God. was a 
a friend of, uh, well, uh, one of the, the executive producers, Sean Pillar, I remember he was visiting somebody in in England and they were watching the show there and they, you know, it, it's the expression of like, you take the piss out of things, which is just like, you don't take things so seriously and you can kind of like, you know, and that was it. It was just like, it was, it was fun to not ever take ourselves so seriously that we couldn't come up with jokes and poke fun. And the cast was always down for it none of them were ever got on their high horse and was just like i'm not gonna say this or i'm not gonna do this everybody was game and everybody had fun with it which was you know i think what 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 makes the final product have that feel which is so special definitely do you have any favorite memories from either the writer's room or the set i'm sure you have many but like is there anything that comes to mind when you think back on your time working on the show no i do there are so many i mean it's it's you know, I think probably the more emotional time for me was like I wanted to be there for the scene in the aftermath of the house after it's torn down and, and rusty speech. And um, there were just a couple times where, you know, it's I wasn't always on set. So mm -hmm. the writer of the episode would usually be on set. Um, and so I would be there for the ones that I would write, but I'd mostly be in the writer's room working with the writers or developing the scripts or whatever. But that was the one time there were a few times that I was just like, I really want to be there for this moment. And that was one moment that I was just like being with the guys and, and, you know, kind of feeling like this thing coming to an end was really, was really poignant. Um, and I think I'll remember that, you know, forever. But yeah, it, it, you know, I think it's, it, it was all of it. It was, it was getting to spend time with the cast outside of the show. It was working with the writers. It was, you know, it all felt exciting to get to do. It was, you know, there were rarely, it was a lot of work. Um, and I remember like getting up before the sun came up and going to work and just like being so happy to do it. Um, that, you know, I think also speaks of the experience and, um, and everything so yeah I have so many it's yeah but that was the, that the, that was the first one that just popped in my head yeah yeah it's so nice to hear too like I said before like just knowing that you guys like really did have like as much fun as we have watching it is like just nice um if there was like one character on the show that you would have to pick to do a, a Joey-esque but better <laughs> spin-off <laughs> is is there anyone that you would pick that you just like had a very clear vision of like what their world could be outside of CRU I mean I think it I I with the network you know kind of as the as the show went on you know I always felt like the show was called Greek so I wanted the show to exist past the characters it was just like i can't they they wanted it to be timeless and they you know they just didn't want you know as as you know from the show the passage of time or seasons or weather yeah. or any of it so they were just like exist in but i was like but it's a coming of age story i don't know how you don't acknowledge the passage of time when you're telling a coming of age story it's about it's about growing and you, you can't do that if you know and that's like with virgin river the show that i'm working on now it's they've they've tried to do that and you see when it starts to catch up to you where like over the four seasons of virgin river it's like it's been four months time mm. in the characters lives but the young actors tend to age so the eight-year-old boy who's aged four months and the show is actually aged five years wow. so um so it was just like you know it's it, it, with Greek, it was like how I can't keep these kids tethered to this school forever. 
So I did have a moment of like exploring a spinoff of Casey and Ashley and Evan um, in DC, like mm-hmm. what the post-college experience was like. And shows have done it before, you know, some successful, some not, but I felt like it was a way to kind of get that um, tw- that 20-something post-college experience through characters that I thought would be interesting to see Casey and Evan you know, not as a couple, but as, you know, a former couple working those intern jobs, you know, um, and Ashley being a part of that world. And I could never get them on board because they did feel that just the, what was special about the show was the characters in, the, in that cast. And I do agree that, that that, you know, brought a lot to it. So I would say, you know, when you asked the question, that was the first thing that popped in my head was that was the one that I actually entertained. But I would say for like, if I could do a joey-esque spinoff in like a half hour it would be rebecca logan hands down no questions asked i could see her like clerking for a supreme court justice or something like just (laughs) yeah and just taking people down left and right exactly yeah no she would be the terminator of that world so um no i think that 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 would be a fun one too i think they all in their own way you know, could work as individuals, but then, you know, that's the thing with Joey, where you start to see like how special it, it, it it's hard to top the, the chemistry and what's special about that ensemble. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how you said Cappy was like Bugs Bunny and Ferris Bueller. And now I'm thinking about right now, we just did the episodes where Evan and Cappy join the Amphorest Society. And we have all these moments with Alan Ruck and how he sees himself in Cappy and we find out that they have that connection. Was that like a long game intentional casting for him in terms of like Cappy's Ferris Bueller like personality or was it more like organic, like Alan Ruck had been a recurring character and it grew into that? No, we, I mean, it's, we, to cast him, we were just, we were fans of the movie. So we always, you know, in terms of, especially like Charisma Carpenter and all the, all the, you know, the, the adults that we cast in the show usually came from some place of just like love and fandom for what yeah. they had done and what they could, you know, Leah Thompson as Cappy's mom um, was, and that was a highlight too, getting, to, I, I'll never forget, we were, um, we were shooting on the stage and they called lunch and she and I were talking and I just couldn't stop talking to her. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I said, you need to go eat lunch. And she's like, no, no, no. So we just kept talking. I'm like, I'm talking to Leah Thompson. <laughs> um, it was the same with Alan Ruck. It's like, Cameron is here. I am talking to Cameron. This is ridiculous. Um, but I think for that specific storyline, I think we just found that opportunity in it to give uh, Dean Bowman a little more like kind of, you know, life that he's not just the oppressive, like, bureaucrat. And um, so, uh, but I think, you know, anytime that we, you know, pulled from anything that was pop culture, it was as much 80s as we could, um, uh, you know, and getting the mom from Beverly Hills 90210 was just, you know, it was fun, again, just because of that. So it's, and I, you know, it's, it's, and it's I I don't know it's and you guys tell me I'm curious just about like what popular culture is today versus what it seemed like in the day of Greek could you have a show today that kind of reveres popular culture as much and do you feel like there's still a popular like you know 
I, I just wonder, like we we consume things so differently now that you know it's it's not a broadcast network. It's everybody's getting their individual shows and individual streaming. That I just wonder because for me it was just like it was such a, a like a generational bonding experience of of those shows. And I mean, I guess you guys have similar things, and I've had similar things, but um, I just I, I I was curious about that that because I feel like that love of pop culture was another big part of Greek that a lot of other YA shows, you know, never really dipped into. Yeah. I think some shows have attempted it, I think since, but I really think that Greek did it in such a subtle way and it was woven through the fabric of the show so well that I think it wasn't like ever in your face. It's more just like, Oh, did you catch that? And you'd have to almost like think back on like, where do I know this person from? Oh, wait, they made that connection with Paris Bueller. Whereas I think now there is such like an obsession with nostalgia and like the past. And I think a lot of shows will try so hard to push it out in your face, you know, especially with TikTok and what's going to go viral and who's going to see this. But I think with Greek, it was such a special time because, you know, it wasn't super far off from the 80s, but it was far enough where it feels like I think we definitely talk a lot about the John Hughes inspiration but it doesn't ever feel like oh this whole show is about John Hughes and where is the reference it's more just happening organically and makes sense in the world that's awesome that's really great way to put it I also feel like it's interesting because I think about this also in terms of like music consumption and I think we grew up like I was very much still listening to the radio like I wasn't just going to my Spotify playlist and like finding super curated and I think also a lot of that was with cable you know like I was just watching what was on so we got exposure to those movies and I think um being like in the millennial generation still very much like catching those references to movies that just because we had the exposure to it because it wasn't so streamlined of like I'm going to this platform and I'm putting this show on so I think it's a little different now in terms of referencing things on shows where I think a lot of it is more like very zeitgeisty like specific references like the memification of shows right um so I think I don't know how much it would translate now for like a Gen Z audience because it's so hyper specific. Like it's literally an algorithm of how they get their content in terms of both like music and media. So it, I feel like there's been so much change even in the past. This it's 15 years now, right? Is that how, how long it's been since Greek aired? Um, yeah, just in terms of like media consumption, the shift has been huge. I think you said earlier, like it's just the the turnover rates of like things that hold the public attention in pop culture is so fast. Like if you were to wow. make a Vanderpump rules joke in an episode of something and it came out a year later, no one knows. No like one would have this 24 hour news cycle. Like no one is gonna catch that. And if they do, like it's gonna feel weirdly heavy-handed like someone in there like I know there's like a joke on Twitter always of oh who put like who put this in here trying to act like a kid it's not really that I think it's just that (laughs) move on from things so quickly that like it doesn't mean anything by the time it's out there you know if you have someone do a TikTok dance and like a show on Netflix by the time it comes out it's corny but like that one minute that you wrote it and that like everyone was doing that dance 
it was funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I, just, well, I think it's just I, like the, the Cappy, the Cappy Gilmore Girls reference, and even that was after the fact of Gilmore Girls, but it still still holds up, you know, for the context of what it was. It was him yes. being, you know, goofing on him as opposed to just like we know what Gilmore Girls is. That was the title <laughs> of our first episode. Was Gilmore Girls canceled? Yeah, because we're oh, like, no. was it canceled? <laughs> <laughs> we you really know, like, didn't we... know. <laughs> um, but also, I feel like the show is so quick, like a Gilmore Girls. Like the the dialogue is so fast that even if you don't catch something, like I don't know, it, it's not. It doesn't sit there for that long. It's funny. It moves. It, it, like. You can see why the character is saying and it. it's not to get a joke in like just to have that joke there you know yeah. about like this m- moment in pop culture like it, it's part of that character why they would say it so i think that's a big part of it too like sometimes Thank you just you. get these, these jokes for the moment that you're like this you just had to say this you know <laughs> Yeah, so as we sort of reach the end of the interview portion, just curious, should we be holding out hopes for our dreams of a reboot or a movie? I mean, it's I, I can say there have been conversations. Um, I can say that it's all still, like I said earlier, wrapped up in free form. So yeah. um that's that seems to be more the stumbling block. Um, I think, you know, it's I I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the movie that I that I wrote, but it was so long ago that it would just be, you know, it, if if there were to be something, I'd it would have to be, you know, obviously very updated from from what it once was. But um, but it, even if it doesn't, you know, I I I did like the idea of ending the show the way that I did. Like I'd love to, to revisit the characters, but at the same time, the way I ended it was just like I wanted it to feel like these lives were going on and these characters were going on and like leaving it to the imagination of the audience to think of where these characters are today um and i think in a reboot you know the 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 challenge would be it's you know having to acknowledge what the greek system is today and not kind of living in its own you know happy bubble as it once did and i don't know if that show would be better but um but I don't know. I, I I never say never because I mean, so much for me is getting to work with that group again would be incredible. But it's also me getting to play with those characters again is just you know really special and to 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 imagine where they are today and um, would be would be a treat for me. So I can't imagine ever turning that down. But we'll see. I think it's you know I I love the fact that you guys are rewatching it and that it's still entertaining because maybe you know that's enough in and of itself to not need you know um there's there's a 74 hour uh <laughs> uh reunion movie and it's in those the seasons that we did so um yeah but who knows we'll see i had watched the end the what is aired as the final episode but then i know there was like an alternate ending how did you choose like how did you I don't know, I guess, like, what went into that of, like, knowing where you wanted these characters? And because both of them, I feel like one is, like, the happier ending, which I would say is what you went with. And then one is the more open-ended, these people are out in the world now, and, like, they're living their lives, and we don't really know what's going on in them. Like, how did you make that choice? Well, we had, I mean, do you mean the, that we shot an ending for the end of season three, 
um, which was oh, a flash was forward. That, oh, okay. That's what that was then. Oh, so was it like, because you didn't know if you were coming back for four or that? Yeah, that was the case at that okay. point. We, the, sh- the, the, the show was up in the air. Um, they hadn't, and it, it, they cut it up into, you know, it's into chapters or whatever. So I think the f- first half of the third season came out, maybe I can't remember, but we were sort of on the bubble and, um, you know, we were just, we didn't want to end on a cliffhanger. And we said, you know, at least let us shoot what could be a final ending scene. And it was their graduation. And you get to see kind of like who ended up with whom and everything. Um, So that would have aired at the end of season three, if we were not given a season four. And then the ratings went back up in season three um, to then give us the, the, that fourth season. But then at that point I was like, it should just be the final season. Cause I don't, you know, it's, it, it, it felt precarious at that point, just to, you know, I wanted, I was like, give me a good solid 10 to kind of wrap everything up. And that's, that's ultimately what ended up being the, the, the series finale, but it yeah. would have been, yeah. The other thing would have just been, it was fine. And I liked it just yeah. if, if I had to do it, but I was more grateful to get to come back and do what we did in those 10. Totally. That makes sense now that you say it. Cause when I watched it, I was like, cause you really do get a feeling by the fourth season that like these characters have matured like you said they really like finished the their like life cycle like you see a different version of Cappy so it did feel like kind of like thrown by that but I I liked it a lot so I I just watched it on YouTube or something I'm, I'm glad we got to put it out there just you know whatever extra content but yeah. um <laughs> but yeah so um I know you mentioned you know you live near Amber now and you've recently been reconnecting with a few people from the show um but have you remained close with anybody from the show or have worked with anybody um you know on on different projects Yeah I got to I mean it's Scott was on Chasing Life um oh, yeah. which I brought him in after they'd shot the pilot originally um and then I came in as the showrunner um you know for the series and we, uh, they knew they wanted to introduce a character that, you know, uh, ultimately Scott, you know, took that role um, and we got to work together. I think at one point I like from what we did with Greek and then what we did additionally with Chasing Life, it eventually was like 100 episodes of television that we got to work together on, which I thought was really cool and special. Um, but, uh, and then Amber did a guest spot, I think a two, maybe a two episode guest spot as like his character's best friend who came to visit while his wedding was happening and everything. So, um, it was fun to, to have that reunion of, of those two, but I haven't worked with any of the other cast members. I've stayed, I've stayed close with a lot of them. Um, and Norik or Patrick is, is also, um, who was Catherine, uh, I've stayed in, in touch with um a lot who's doing well uh but spencer and jacob i you know have stayed in touch with everybody's you know starting having families and going on in their lives and everything so um and then the the pandemic also kind of was disruptive in many ways but um but yeah it's and it's and like i said kind of like when i get together with the writers it's sort of like getting together with people that you went to college with that you just look back on it. You're like, Oh my God, I can't believe, can you believe we did that? That was ridiculous. That was hilarious. That was amazing. Um, and just think back on to it all fondly and, and with gratitude. Totally. And I know you're working on Virgin river currently. Are there any other projects you're working on or that you want to, to share? Um, I, I'm work, I, I sold a pilot to Disney plus that's, that's back in the YA 
um sci-fi sphere that oh yeah so we'll see i mean it's 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 just a pilot but it was i've missed ya you know i i felt for a while just as i've matured thinking like i should just write for adults because at some point i'm going to feel so disconnected from the experience of what it's like to be young that i don't want to be the guy who's forcing the tiktok jokes because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the kids are doing these days um but but i'm proud of this one and it it, it it's well you know it if it goes, have me back on and I'll, I'll talk more about it. Cause then if that'll be worth talking about, but it's, but it's, it's, it's a very kind of like, uh, it's dealing with young masculine relationships, which is one of the things that I love most about Greek was getting to tell stories, interpersonal stories about, uh, for guys, just because it always felt like on most YA shows, it's usually like, he's the boyfriend and that's, that's what he's, that's what he does here. And that's all he does here. Um, but with Greek, I was excited to get to, to, to write about male friendships in a way that I think a lot of people, um, tend to shy away from because it feels like too, too emotional or too, you know, um, gooey or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, so it's a lot about that. And I was, you know, just working on it the other day and had a moment where I was like, oh, this scene's so boring. What would I do in Greek? And then I just did it. And I was like, oh my God, this is so, I'm having so much more fun now. So <laughs> it could have a little bit of Greek inspiration to it um, in some ways, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. So, and Virgin River's keeping me very busy. So we have a little bit of a rapid fire that we like to end with all of our guests. And cool. it's just like some quick questions about the Greek universe, some like would you rathers. Oh, cool. uh, so first is team Cappy or Evan? I'm terrible with rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I created both characters because I wanted to, you know, I, 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 I wanted Casey and I wanted me to be with both of them. So, um, but I would say, I would say probably, you know, without overthinking it, which is what I do. Um, team Cappy. Okay. Um, best friend duo, favorite best friend duo, Casey and Ashley or Calvin and Rusty? I was going to say, I'm only going to say Casey and Ashley, and then you said Calvin and Rusty. So um, I would say uh, Calvin and Rusty. Okay. Um, favorite villain, Rebecca or Franny? Franny. <laughs> um, would you rather coffee cart or Dobblers? Oh my God, the coffee cart. I totally forgot about the coffee cart. <laughs> um, that was because we were so cheap. Uh, <laughs> Dobblers. Okay. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> um, and then the last one, favorite rusty love interest, Jen K or Jordan? Uh, Jen K. Cause she's OG and she's first season. And that was mm-hmm. a really sweet relationship to get to write to. It was sweet. Also, we, uh, we won't lie. We are kind of a Jordan hate podcast. <laughs> she drives us crazy. Just in the beginning. Yeah. Just, just in the beginning. She's redeemed herself. Do you want to just tell our listeners like where they can find you if they want to find your work or on social or anything like that? Um, I'm on Twitter somewhere. Um, and, uh, Instagram too. Uh, it's Patrick Sean Smith on Instagram and, um, uh, I'm verified for now on Twitter. We'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you. You guys have been a delight and I can't thank you enough again for, for just being, you know, such fans of the show and, and, and being so lovely to talk to. And if you need anything, let me know. It's I'm, I'm really, really grateful. And, uh, and, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much. This and really, 
just so you know, all of our, like, we have so many listeners who are so dedicated to Greek. Like, there's very much a huge community out there that is diehard Greek fans. So it is alive and well, the Greek community. So they're going to be so excited to hear this. We're really excited to share it. So thank you so much for being on. We're so, so appreciative. Yeah, thank you guys. I had the best time. Now I have to go work and I'm just like, I don't want to. (laughs) Can we just stay and like hang out and talk more? Yeah. Um,